Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Here we go! Only one place to start. Throw it down, King! Bridges! Oh, my God! Let the chips fall where they may. We're ready to go. The first ever NBA play-in tournament is set Tuesday on TNT. The East, Hornets versus Pacers is the 9-10. That will be followed by Wizards Celtics, the 7 versus 8. Those four teams are a combined 14 games under 500, and none of them had a winning record this year. But whatever. Let's enjoy it. Let's be excited by it one way or the other. The best case scenario here is the Wizards wind up in the seventh spot and they play the Nets because I think what the world needs more than anything is Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant in round one of the NBA playoffs, don't you? I mean, at the end of the day, we're looking for something to get excited about here. We need something to juice this. And that, to me, would be a little bit of juice. You got Westbrook on one side and you want to say he's shorthanded? Well, look, against the Nets, everyone is. But I'll take Bradley Beal on, on my side and think I got a fighting chance. So I think that would be awfully interesting if we wind up getting in the first level of the playoffs after we get through the play in here in the first round. If we get the Nets against the Wizards and you get to see Beal and Westbrook against the big three, Russell against KD, to me, that's worth the price of admission. So to me, that's the best case scenario in the East. Out to the West we go, and now we're getting to be time for some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Because in the West, Wednesday, we get Spurs Grizzlies, followed by Warriors Lakers. For the record, those teams are a combined 16 games over 500. But obviously, the headline is LeBron versus Steph, the best player in the modern era versus the best player in the sport right now. The two biggest stars going head-to-head here in a scenario where everyone, frankly, with my apologies to all of our friends in Memphis and San Antonio, everyone just hoping like crazy that both of them wind up surviving and advancing because we need more LeBron and more Steph than we're going to get on Wednesday night. But at least we get this. At least we get this first matchup. And LeBron James, after winning the final game of the regular season last night and finding out he's going up against Steph, said he thinks Steph is the MVP. We're playing, in my opinion, the MVP of our league this year um, and Steph. So we got to be you know, prepared for everything that they have. They got championship DNA as well. You know, they know what it takes and what it feels like to be in pressure games. So you know, we got to be ready for that opportunity and for that, uh, for that pressure. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. By the way, all these games, of course, will be on ESPN Radio. Every second of the tip-off games, or the play-in games, excuse me, will be on ESPN Radio. But as far as Steph for MVP is concerned... I think I agree. He scored 46 points in a win over the Grizzlies yesterday. Golden State clinches the eight. Steph, at the age of 33, joins Michael Jordan as the only players age 33 or older to win the scoring title. It was a special season. Special season for Steph Curry. And again, I've said many times that the problem with the NBA MVP award, and maybe to some degree the MVP award in all sports, but clearly in the NBA, I think, is that it has become a narrative award. You read the narrative. You sort of read the room. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be the player that meant the most to his team. And in that regard, I will have zero issue when they announce Nikola Jokic as the winner, which is what's going to happen. I don't have any problem with that. But if you wanted to make an argument for Steph Curry, it is a lot about the narrative. Now, his season was brilliant. 
I think this was his best season. This was the best season he's ever had, including a year in which he was the unanimous MVP of the league because he did it this year with so much less help. But more to the point, the narrative, I think, actually works on his side. The league just needed Steph so badly. And the only thing that is more important than what your team needs is what the league needs. I think more people around the NBA need to remember that lesson, and we'll get to it a little bit later as we continue. But the Warriors finished their season 15-5. and Steph averaged 37 points a game in that span. They leaped over Memphis and San Antonio in the standings. So Steph Curry had a brilliant season. We got Steph versus LeBron in the play-in on Wednesday night, and let's see where it goes from there. This was a difficult NBA regular season in so many difficult and so many different ways. Let's hope they give us something to get excited about over the next few months. A few other numbers to wrap up the season. While you weren't noticing this, Kyrie Irving had one of the greatest seasons in NBA history. Now, he did it whilst taking a lot of time off for a variety of different reasons that we can, I just don't feel like talking about anymore as far as the whole playing, not playing. The world doesn't need to hear me yelling and screaming about that anymore. Let's talk about Kyrie's season. He shot over 50% from the floor, 40% from three, and 90% from the line. He joins Larry Bird, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant as the only players to go 50-40-90 in a season in which they average at least 25 points a game. Let me say that again. The whole history of the sport. Now, obviously, it can't go back that far because it includes three-point percentage, and there hasn't been a three-point shot all that long. So this doesn't go back to... I'm just making up names now. Bob Cousy, Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, none of them had a three-point line. But it goes back 40 years. And in those 40 years, only Larry Bird, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and now Kyrie Irving averaged 25 points a game in a season in which they shot 50% from the floor, 40% from three, and 90% from the foul line. That's outstanding. Kyrie Irving is a brilliant player. I've said it a million times. If you were just talking about talent, there, there definitely aren't 10 players in the world I would take ahead of him. I can't sit here and say he'd be top five, but he would not be that far away. I would put him, if all I needed was someone to help me win, I would put him a lot higher on the list of great players in the sport than I think most other people would. I think it's some of the other things that come with him that would knock it down the list of players you would start a team with. I also want to make a quick note here about the unbelievable season that the New York Knicks had. I grew up a Knicks fan, probably more than any other team, which is to say even more than the Jets. I lived and died with the Knicks. And the last two decades have been so horrific that I lost a lot of that. My issues with the leadership of that team were, to say the least, challenging. But I love to see them matter, and I'm so happy for Tibbs. Like, 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 Tom Thibodeau worked with us for the last two seasons. He hosted Get Up. Hembo was sitting right next to me. How many times was he here? 40? That's a good, yeah, that's a, that's a good guess. I mean, he, he was in here 40 mm-hmm. times. And, and I will tell you, but prior to the pandemic, I hope some of you are familiar with our TV show in the morning, but prior to the pandemic, we're all sitting in the same room. And we all get here at 6 o'clock in the morning. We don't go on the air till 8. So I'm talking about Tibbs would be in here. We're all sitting around having breakfast together, drinking coffee, talking through stuff. And so I really got to know him a little bit. And he is such a fascinating guy. He's very different than you would think. He's funny. He's very friendly. He's great with the staff. But what I noticed about him is that he's all about business 
when it comes down to it. And thus, I'm not surprised to say he has changed a culture in New York. He has done for that franchise what it usually requires an NBA superstar to do. Like to take a team and sort of turn it around as much as that team did. You'd think to yourself, well, we went out and we got, I don't make up a name here. Russell Westbrook, we went out and we got Kevin Durant. We went from being the worst team in the league to being fourth. He did that with Julius Randle. Julius Randle isn't that. Or at least no one thought it was that. No one was saying, well, the Knicks have Julius Randle now. They'll be a force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. Tibbs made them that. I give him all the credit in the world. He made that a place great players might consider going. I'm not, tell- I'm not sitting here telling you they're going to all of a sudden be the place all the free agents are going to want to go. But at least I think they will consider it. And that is a huge step forward. I am Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer gives you multiple quote options. So you can pick what's right for you. See for yourself at Progressive.com. We're just getting started here on this Monday. The entire hashtag crew is gathered around. We'll hear from them as we continue. Mike Breen, as I mentioned, coming up. Got to go through all the things that happened over Hall of Fame weekend. And up next, a sure sign from the weekend that I have become much too focused on sports. That's coming up next. We are just getting started. I am Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. KJZ. The Knicks are making the playoffs, and people in New York are going crazy. They're getting ready to lose their damn mind. Oh, my God, they're getting ready to win the championship. And they're going to get run out of the first round. Want more from the NBA? Don't miss Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Tomorrow morning, starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/Greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg, code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply greenie the podcast this is greenie we're presented by progressive insurance guests on the goodyear hotline And it is going to be time for your phone calls here in a matter of just moments. The game today is literally called How We Feeling. NBA playoffs are upon us. This is what we've waited for, hoped for, 
that we get some juice in these next couple of months after what has been a very challenging NBA season. So dial it up right now at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. How are you feeling about your team headed to the NBA playoffs? Get to those calls in just a few moments after this time for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good. But cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth good. With Straight Talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. All right, there's something I just want you to know, and that is that I'm obviously just living too much in a sports universe, okay? So something happened over the weekend that I need to share. And you tell me if this would have been the same thing for you. Hembo, I'm looking right at you. Our stage manager, Brandon, is here with me, been with me for three and a half years now. Also a crazy sports guy. I'll ask you the same question. So every couple of hours, ESPN's news desk will send out a list they call the hot list, in which they just send out sort of a compilation of all the stories that are going on in the world of sports. And at the bottom, they will always attach a couple of links that are from the news, from ABC News. So, I mean, it might be election-related or coronavirus-related, or it could be anything. It's just a couple of other links down there. One of the headlines on the links that were provided at the bottom read as follows. Tiger found in Houston after a week of searching, comma, legal wrangling. Let me read that again. Tiger found in Houston after a week of searching legal wrangling. And I saw it, and I thought... Wait, why is Tiger in Houston? What did I miss? What, what happened here? Why is there legal wrangling about Tiger being in Houston? And then I clicked on it and I realized they're talking about an actual Tiger. Not Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is not in Houston. There was an actual Tiger, like lions and tigers and bears. A Tiger was in Houston. And they were searching for it, and they finally found it, thank goodness. And there was legal wrangling. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't read the rest of it. (laughs) Once I realized it wasn't Tiger Woods they were talking about, here's another indication of of how my mind is just too sports-focused. I saw that there was a story about a tiger being on the loose in Houston, and that it involved searching and legal wrangling, and I didn't bother to read it. So I have to admit to you now, I don't know what it was about. I don't know why there was legal wrangling. I don't know what the search yielded. I trust they found the tiger in Houston because I haven't seen a subsequent headline that says tiger running rampage through Houston. We did get an official statement from the police department commissioner and it read, I think the public thought it would be easy to catch a tiger, but it wasn't at all. See, that's actually fascinating (laughs) and I'm not interested in it. That's so much more interesting than probably anything that could have been going on with Tiger Woods and yet all I could think of in that moment was, well, if he says Tiger, it's got to be Tiger Woods. There's no other way that word can be used anymore as far as I'm concerned. And that's ridiculous. I consider myself, well, I used to consider myself a well-rounded, well-adjusted, relatively interesting person. What happened to me? Why is it that I, did you think, if you had just seen that headline, which, Hembo, you may have seen. Would your immediate reaction have been the same as mine? I didn't see the headline until I saw it pasted in our document, and the first thing I thought was, what did I miss here about Tiger Woods? That's so the I'm thing. totally with you. It's ridiculous. Totally with you. We've just become ridiculous on that front. So I need, I need some work. I mean, I, I need something to sort of take my mind 
out of sports. And I'm, I'm, I'm doing the two shows. Now. I don't know what it is, but I should be able to look at the word tiger and recognize there is another perhaps even more frequent usage <laughs> <laughs> of that word than, than Tiger Woods, right? I mean, like, I don't even really know what to say about that, which is why I prefaced it with, I just want you to know, because it is just something I needed to get off my chest. Meanwhile, green light with Greeny. All right, let's, I'm going to give the green light to Hembo here for a baseball recap brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start instant, or excuse me, start winning instant karma. Let me say that again because I've said it incorrectly there. It's brought to you by Credit Karma. You can visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Hembo, you've got the green light. What should all baseball fans be aware of right now? They should be aware of Shohei Otani. Greeny, he came to the plate down one run in the top of the ninth yesterday in Boston. Deposited the first pitch he saw into the seats. The Angels would win the game 6-5. to five. And right now, Shohei Otani is tied for the major league lead with 12 home runs at the plate. He'll start on the mound again on Wednesday against the Indians. Here's the question that I win. find fascinating. Mm. If Otani keeps this up, is there any way he's not the MVP? If he winds up being amongst the league leaders, let's not say he has to lead the league, but if I'm just making up a number here. If he hits 38 home runs this year and is a, continues to be a very effective, again, doesn't have to win the Cy Young, but an effective starting pitcher, does his value to his team thus become so enormous that he has to be the MVP? Yes, he does. And in fact, Vegas says Mike Trout is the only person more likely win the MVP than Shohei Otani, but when you add up the value as a hitter, which of course, as I've uh, described here, is extraordinary, and what he is providing on the mound, like you said, you don't have to be a Cy Young caliber pitcher to win the MVP award if you're going to hit 40 home runs, which he very well may do. So they're on the same team. They're on the same Who's team. Who's the most valuable player? Uh, Mike Trout is the most valuable player, but I'm, be, I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. Who, would ha- who will have more war at the end of the season between those two based on, I don't know how that factors in. I'm guessing Otani will at this current pace because he's going he's gonna to add three or four war as a pitcher based on his current pace and probably five or six as a hitter. A 10-war season, as you said many times, is sort of the definition of a great season, and he's probably going to approach that number. Do you know what? What? This conversation mm. is a perfect example of what's wrong with us. We're, I'm, <laughs> we're fascinated by this. How war is calculated? I, I'm, pic- I'm picturing the two of us having this conversation in a restaurant and people literally getting up and walking away from the table because it is so nerdy and so pathetic. Fleeing. But I'm fascinated by it. Who will have a greater war when the season ends but between the teammates, Shohei Otani or Mike Trout. <laughs> Give me the next note. Greeny, Aaron Judge is hotter than a firecracker right now. He homered four times. Hotter than a firecracker. Hot. I mean, is that, is that the best reference you can come up with? Of all the things yeah. in a world that could be hot. Yeah, a firecracker. You came up with a firecracker. Give me another one. Give me another hot thing. I don't thing. know. Almost anything would have been better than no, that. No, give me a hot thing. Oh, I, I, Top I, of your head. I, I, give I, me a hot I, thing. <laughs> it's uh, what is what is a is hotter than the Tabasco? It's it's, it's hotter than uh, something like that. I don't know. I'll find a way to sponsor it for you by the end of the day. Greeny, go ahead. Aaron Tell Ju- everyone how hot Aaron Judge is. He is hotter than a bottle of Tabasco sauce. He's homered four times. He homered four times in three games against the Orioles. He is tied with Shohei Otani with twelve home runs for the Major League Baseball lead. He started slowly, but now owns a top ten batting line in baseball. He is carrying 
that lineup right now, which really doesn't need to be considering how well they're playing of late. But this guy is hotter. He is hotter than a firecracker right, right now, Greeny. And I think right now he's sort of making his pitch for the MVP of the American so, Well, that's, you know, so it's funny. So mm. three weeks, well, uh, four weeks ago, you were telling me yep. the Yankees are a f- hopelessly flawed lineup. They were. We got major issues here. They had they had those issues. And and John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge aren't hitting. And, yeah. Then Stanton carried them for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now Judge is carrying them. That's what these guys are, right? They are guys who will not necessarily hit every day between April and October. But each of them, there will be a stretch, and, and it won't necessarily be consecutive. But there will, for two months of the season, both of those guys separately will carry that. Yes, can be the best hitter in baseball over right. an extended period of time. They don't have to do it consistently to be great, but their numbers in the end, like in the aggregate, will be there at the end. And I think you'll see the Yankees win 100 games. Because but I'm of coming it. to the phones in a minute. Give me one more note. We're ramping up toward a couple massive weekend series. So we've talked a lot about how good the Dodgers are or should be, as well as the Padres. But neither of those teams are the best team in their own division right now. That team is the Giants. So the Giants host the Dodgers in a three-game series. That will tell us a lot. And in the American League, we just talked about the Yankees. They host the White Sox. The White Sox right now, the best team in the American League. They come for three games to the Bronx. That is going to be a huge series, and I think a very likely American League championship uh, series preview. All right, so what you're telling us is that when we all reconvene a week from today, we will know a lot more oh, yeah. about the top of the standings mm-hmm. in both leagues than we know right now. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio Now. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. We're coming to the phones, 888-SAY-ESPN, and my question of the day is a simple one. How are we feeling? NBA playoffs start. Your team in it? You're interested in it? How are we feeling? That's my question to you. And Nuno has been frantically working through the calls to get us together. I say good morning for the first time this week to our friend Bubba. How are you, Bubs? Pleasant. Pleasant. Delighted to hear it. I went back and listened on the podcast, by the way, to our conversation of last week in which you were just very funny talking about etiquette. Your knowledge of just the, the human condition, I think, is just fascinating. You're a fascinating man, Bubba. Pull out the phone. Get out right out of it. Yeah, it's exactly right. You're very well done with that stuff. All right, who's our first caller today? Let's go to Darius. Darius, you are with us here on ESPN Radio. Darius, how are we feeling going into the playoffs? Greeny, first of all, man, let me say I feel like I done died and gone to Radio Heaven out here in New Orleans. I'm on the Greeny show. Who knew Greeny had fans all the way in New Orleans, baby? Well, thank you very much for calling in for the kind words. How are you feeling as a fan? Man, I'm not feeling too lucky. I'm a Boston Celtic fan, and I'm feeling like anything but a four-leaf clover, Greeny. I mean, man, we got holes all over this team. I mean, I don't know what's going on with us. We just don't look like the Celtics of old. Uh, who are you firing? Who are you blaming? Who, who, who are you blaming for this? You got the coach. You got the general manager. You got, you got players. Who, what, what's the big change that you're making in Boston when this thing goes awry in the next week? And when, when we blow this thing up, and it's green slime all over the walls. Uh, we're going to have to get rid of a few people like Marcus Smart. I think it's time over as a Celtic. Uh, keep Brad Stevens. And Danny Ainge may need to just reassess this roster, man, because it's, we don't have any presence, like like the big ticket presence. You know, we don't have an identity. You know, we have Jason Tatum. We got uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Uh, we got Kimber Walker. But, I mean, we don't really have an identity. You know, yeah. that's what we're missing. Who, Thank who, you, Darius. Who, who are we? I appreciate the call, Darius, and, and I will say this. He said that. 
a lot. He says that Danny Ainge has to reassess the roster. I've heard from a lot of fans saying they want to reassess Danny Ainge. <laughs> so we'll see if that's the way that winds up going. Again, they go into this play-in situation without Jalen Brown. Do they get out of the play-in? Who knows? That's a, a coin flip. They probably do. They're the best team in the play-in, but I don't see them having almost any chance to do almost anything once they get beyond that. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Lucas. Lucas, how are we feeling? Pretty ecstatic, Greeny. Tell me um, how we're we talking feel. about the Miami Heat. Yeah, feeling awesome heading into the playoffs versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they will will win that series and proving to all the doubters that last year in the bubble was not a fluke. And I expect a heavyweight showdown between Jimmy Buckets and Giannis. It'll be like Rocky versus Draco. I'm with you. Look, I asked Tim Legler to give me an upset on television this morning, and he prefaced it by saying, I'm not sure how big an upset it would be or will be, but he picked Miami to beat Milwaukee. Again, we only have two matchups set on either side of the bracket because we have to wait for the play-in results. But what we know in the East is that the Knicks are playing the Hawks in the 4-5. That's a really interesting matchup because the Knicks are so defense-focused and the Hawks are so offense-focused, it's really strength against strength in the year of offense in the NBA. Let's see which one comes out on top. And then the other one is, is, is the Bucks and the Heat. And, you know, you look at the digits next to them, the Bucks are the three seed. I don't think the Heat would be a big upset at all. And if they do knock at Milwaukee at this point, that'll be really interesting with Giannis going out early. Again, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But uh, Legler picked that on, as the upset, and I wouldn't be at all surprised. Greeny on ESPN Radio taking your calls on how you're feeling heading into the playoffs. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Brennan. All right, Brennan, how are we feeling? Morning, Greeny. Huge fan of the show. Feeling amazing. To go back to you and Luke, you guys are both wrong. It's the Bucks season this year. We're going to make it through the East. Giannis should have won the MVP, and we got a good future ahead of us. Okay, fair enough. Look, I like it, and I'm rooting for it. I, I, am, a, I am a fan, despite having lived my entire life in New York and Chicago. I remain a, a, a small market supporter. Like, I want to see the small markets do well. Because I continue to say, if you don't want those teams to succeed, why do we have them? So I think I'm the one person I know who thinks it's a good thing that Giannis is in Milwaukee for the long haul and take your run at it. Try and make that happen. It's good that Zion is in New Orleans. It's good that John Morant is in Memphis. It's good that these teams have a shot and let them become exciting. I mean, I, I was just in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. Cleveland's a wonderful and, and, and traditional, tradition-rich sports town. But it's, it's not, it doesn't have a population of 5 million people. Cleveland is a smallish city that LeBron James turned the Cavs into a glamour franchise. So you can do that. So go ahead and do that. So let Giannis, he's, he doesn't, I don't know that he has that kind of, it isn't, he doesn't have that kind of game, doesn't have that kind of play, but he is a superstar. Let's see it happen. Again, I, I, I would not be at all surprised to see Miami win that, but I'm rooting for Milwaukee to get it done one of these years. Uh, Bubba, let me take one more. Who you got? Alex is in Manhattan. All right, Alex, you're on ESPN Radio. How are we feeling going into the playoffs, Alex? I am so excited, Greeny. Uh, good morning, anyway. Uh, I'm a Knicks fan since 73, and I am so happy that they're there. I think they'll get, uh, they'll get through the first round, but uh, let's look forward. I don't, I don't want to look past the first round, though. Did, did he say he's not looking past the first round? I'm sorry, I was having a little yes, trouble here. He said he's looking forward, but he's not looking past the first round. Well, I mean, you can't look past anything. I, I mean, the Knicks are not a dominant team. 
they're a they're a much better team than the expectation was than any realistic expectation. Again, give me the numbers on that series, Hembo. I think this is interesting. Thank you for the calls, everybody. Awesome as always, and we'll continue to take them going through the playoffs. But the Atlanta offense number versus the Nick defense number is interesting for reasons beyond the outcome of this series. This is the year of offense in the NBA. I mean, like like half the teams in the league set offensive records. So it's a year in which basically no one is going into this thing saying we're banking on our defense. Maybe with that as an outlier, maybe the Knicks, if the Knicks win this series, maybe it is a sign that defense will matter, which would be very bad news for the Nets <laughs> and a few other teams that have no defense whatsoever. And the numbers do demonstrate that in the playoffs, the number of possessions um, dwindles. Correct. So... In theory, it will help the Knicks in some sense. The numbers you asked for, though, the Hawks had the 10th best offense in NBA history. In NBA this history. Season. It was also the 8th best offense in the NBA this season. Right, which is a <laughs> joke. But I, 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 we're going to do that a little later. Sure. But they're a great offense. And the Knicks have the, uh, the number 4 defense in the NBA this season. And like you said, it's very much a strength versus strength. It might be something of an indicator as to what to expect in the playoffs overall. All right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Let's see how it goes. Thank you, everybody, for the call. Uh, for the calls, and we will do more as we continue. One other thing I wanted to share. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. Another thing I just wanted you to know, and I wanted to make sure that I got this in today because we're going to get busy with a lot of other things. But, you know, when it comes to sports, we all have a variety of ways that we understand sports. And I think announcers are extremely important to all of us because sports have all of our sensations are influenced, right? I talked last week about being a kid and and going to the garden with my dad. And that was in an era where people were still smoking cigars indoors. And for me, when I think back to my childhood as a basketball fan, the smell of the cigars will always come back. The sound is obviously a huge part of it. Baseball, the crack of the bat, the first time you heard that cheer, the first time you walked in, the sights of it are very strong. You walk in the first time you walked into a, any stadium and you looked at the enormity of it. Oh, it's so much bigger than it looks on TV. All that sort of thing. All of your senses are impacted. None of them perhaps more so than your sounds. And so to me, the way sports sound, I've always said, To me, baseball, if you ask me to my dying day, what does baseball sound like? I would say it sounds like Phil Rizzuto's voice. I grew up with his voice in my head. Phil Rizzuto doing Yankee games on Channel 11 when I was a kid. Both my parents from the Bronx. The Yankee game was always on in my house. It was just on. It didn't even mean we were watching it. It was just on. So Phil Rizzuto would just be talking. And he had a very distinctive voice. And then I went to Chicago and I fell in love with Harry Carey and his voice. But I will tell you, if there is any one announcer whose voice will always be a sport for me more than any other, it's Marv Albert. I grew up in New York City. I grew up a crazy fan of the Knicks, as I told you. Marv Albert was the voice of the Knicks from before I was born until I was an adult and then some. And the sound of Marv Albert, which everyone in America now knows, because he has done the games nationally so brilliantly forever on NBC and now on TNT. You know, the yes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he was doing all that stuff as a kid. And he would do games within my lifetime, Butch Beard and, and, and John Andres and all the many people that he did the Nick games with all through my life. But the point is that basketball, to my dying day, if you ask me what does basketball sound like, I will say it sounds like Marv Albert's voice. And you may have seen the news over the weekend. Marv Albert, who was 80 years old, 
is going to retire at the end of this playoff run. I believe Turner has the East Finals, and he will do that series, and that will be his last assignment. Now, he may go on and do a few other things afterwards, but he is retiring in large part from broadcasting. And I would just say that I don't know how many people have had a greater run than that man has had doing games going back to the mid-60s. And he's just done it with such... He's just been so great, so consistently great. Um, you know, it, it, when I saw it, I, I will say this, that when he signs off for the last time, I think it's going to be tough on him, and I think it's going to be tough on all of us. Basketball, for the rest of my life, will sound like Marv Albert's voice. Um, and we will talk more about him as we go. But I, I wanted to make sure that I got that thought in. Of all the things I saw this weekend, that was one that struck me almost as much as anything else. Coming up, it may be May, but we have a lot of quarterback stuff to get to here. We will coming up next. Lots we're going here. And right now, a quick word from 303 Products. Let me ask you a question. Are you looking for professional level protection for your car's paint, but without the cost that you would pay a professional detailer? Well, there's new revolutionary 303 graphene nano spray coating, and that provides just that sort of protection. 12 months of protection with a simple mode of application. You can do it yourself in no time, and that's it, and your car will be gorgeous. It leaves your car's finish with insane levels of shine and depth, plus the water beating is crazy. Your car will never look better. It also helps to keep your car looking that way longer, too. The layer of protection helps to repel dust, fight off water spotting. It does this by making water shed quickly from the surface and lowering the surface temperature so the water doesn't end up drying on the paint. It's also great to use on your car's glass and wheels and trim. It's now available at Advanced Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide, where you can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. This is Greeny, back in a flash. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Greeny, the podcast. All right, I'm going to throw a little change up here. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. So a funny moment just took place in our break. And I just feel a need to share it. So I was talking to Brandon, who is our stage manager. And again, Brandon has become one of my closest friends. I love him. He's worked with us since the day we launched Get Up. When I came back at the beginning of the pandemic, I was out of here for almost six months. The first day I came back and Brandon and I saw each other, like we would have gone to the ground hugging, but we couldn't because it was still in the middle of a pandemic. So he's a crazy jet fan. Like we have all of this bond together. And, and Brandon's parents 
came to this country from Jamaica. And, and so Brandon will every now and again go into a Jamaican accent, but he was born in Long Island. I mean, Brandon is a kid from Long Island and talks like a Jet fan and all that kind of stuff. So we got into a conversation during the break. It has nothing to do with anything about accents and why you do and don't have an accent. And I said to him, were you born here or were you born in Jamaica? And he said, well, I was conceived in Jamaica, but my parents moved here when my mother was five months pregnant. And now that there's nothing about that that is, obviously, that's all fine and good and well and dandy. But it made both Hembo and I laugh a little. So when you were asked where you're from, is it or is it not? Let me bring Bubba into this as our dean of etiquette on this program. Is mentioning where you were conceived, do you think, part of the necessity of the response? Like, he could have just said, I was born here, right? You were born here. Doesn't matter if your mother was five months pregnant or she had been here five years. You were born, what town did you grow up in? In Baldwin, Long Island. You're from Baldwin, for crying out loud, all right? So, so, so we all get that. So you were from Long Island. So was, I was, where you were conceived, Bubba, was that a necessity in the story? Yeah, I don't think the conceived part has anything to do with anything, especially that wasn't even the question. The question <laughs> is, where were you born? And that is, I don't, I've never even heard someone answer. I mean, I don't, I don't see what that has to do with anything. Like, I don't, I don't know what we're supposed to do with that information. I mean, like, I kind of agree. And like, be- okay, what are we? Oh, okay, I don't know. What do we do with that? That's how Hembo and I reacted, and that's why I'm doing it here on the air instead of the quarterback news that I was going to bring up. That I think isn't in the big picture as interesting as this, because like you know, you, there's a million. Well, I was conceived. My parent, I was conceived on a cruise ship. You know, any number of things could happen. I don't know. I don't know where I was conceived. To be clear, and and secondarily, I'm grateful for that. I, I, I count my blessings that I don't know where I was conceived because the things that you have to contemplate, like if, if, if you're sitting around with your kids someday, Hambo, you don't have kids. Brandon, you have a, a, a ton of, how many kids do you have? You just had another baby, three kids. If your kids ever ask you, well, they wouldn't ask you, right? Like at no point are you going to say, well, you know, let me tell you the story of when you were conceived, right? Like there's no, like we'll tell you the story of when you were a child, all the things that we did when you were little, all these different things and places. But at no point am I going to say, Nikki, Stevie, gather around. I want to talk about the day you were conceived. <laughs> this came up last year. No, no joke. So we were living with my wife's parents for part of the pandemic. And out of the blue one day, we're on the boat with them. And they said, you know, Lizzie, we almost named you Weatherly. Weatherly, what kind of name is that? That's the street on which she was conceived in Newport on a vacation of theirs. Oh, no. And they dropped this to us after a few cocktails on the boat. And I'm just like, I'm, what, do, what do I say? Like, obviously, I'm happy that your name is Elizabeth and not that. But I didn't need the information. No, that, that is so, so, so they're pinpointing the, the moment of conception or at least like, you know, the, the, the general the weekend, the piece of, of time. Yeah. Can I just say something? And mm. I want to make it very clear. Hembo, you, you are not sort of a, a, a hoity-toity person. Mm-mm. You are not. But to tell the story of how your wife was almost named Weatherly and your parents told you, that your, your in-laws told you that, quote, on the boat, was very, that, was, that, was, that was very big time. It was an you. unnecessary detail that I felt I needed to, to, yeah. to add to my resume. So let's, let's discuss the two things that just happened here, Bubba. Mm. Which was a greater, was more egregious as a social faux pas? Hembo saying, her, my in-laws told us, on the boat, or Brandon telling us 
Well, I was conceived in Jamaica, <laughs> but I was born in Long Island. Which of those two things would you describe as the greater social faux pas? You know what? I might have to go boat because I don't know what the boat has to do with anything. I agree. Nothing. At least the conceived part is at least part of the, you know, you lived the whole with them process. For how long? The pandemic went a long time. We lived with them for like six months. What so- does the boat have to do with anything <laughs> other than saying you have a boat? Other than letting the world know that there's a boat. I don't think the boat was necessary. I think it was important for me just to merely note that we had been a, th- a couple cocktails in, but that right. was all that was necessary. But you can have cocktails any number of places. Yeah, but we were on the boat, so but, I just but, felt but, like throwing it in. All right. So, so there's, there's, the, there's the painting a picture side of things, mm. which I like, and then there's the showing off that you had a boat to be doing this on. I guarantee you it wasn't the Staten Island Ferry that we could have all done without. <laughs> Meanwhile, something happened over the weekend that was so blatant There is no word to describe how embarrassed everyone should be. And it's next. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming. FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu.